Welcome to the Advanced Selling Podcast, the longest running sales training podcast created exclusively for sales professionals to help you create your own sales success. My name is Brian Neal. I'm Bill Kasky. Welcome to episode 301. Wow. Bill, it's been a while, hasn't it? We've been doing this, what, four years? I remember <laughs> I remember when we started, we said, man, if we could just get to 300. I know, just to 300. special. And we've eclipsed that. We've, this is our first episode. So we're going to drop the mics after this and shut the thing up. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just heard the other day where uh, there are... 30 million blog no how many how many millions of active blogs I couldn't imagine and there's 500,000 active podcasts and oh. and I thought that it's pretty interesting because that is a still a niche but the point is that uh what are we are we in the top 15 of iTunes business podcasts I think we are I think we're 14th least, or 15th yeah. or something like that out of 500,000 so 500, podcasts now we're we're narrowing the category a little bit there but That's still okay. yeah yeah, great listeners. We had one of our biggest download months uh, in history last month. Thank of you course. to the listeners, and also thank you to referring friends because we know that that's how we grow. Is you tell people, and we got an email the other day from a from a salesperson whose manager told all their sales team. I think they had like 20, 25 salespeople, and told them all to listen to the Advanced Selling Podcast. So we appreciate those. We're very very thankful. Yeah. and we're now members. If you haven't heard uh, by now, we are members of the Podcast One family. Uh, this is a company that uh, uh, we're doing what uh, we, we did for radio, Westwood One Radio Network. What we did for radio, we're doing with podcasting now. We're doing syndication. Going to really uh, give us the chance to give you some really cool access to some some uh, fun, cool guests and give us more content. Mm -hmm. Give Allow us to spend more time working on the podcast to bring you the kind of uh, content that we've been bringing you over the past four years. And you'll notice also <laughs> that we've uh, doubled the output. So we're yeah. now coming to you on Monday and Thursday. Favorite two and, days of the week, guaranteed. And if that's not enough, we'll go to daily here in the next month. Well, are we? Oh no, 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 no. Please, no. not yet. Eventually, we will. I bet our listeners would like that, though. I don't know. We'll have to ask them. We'll put that up in the... Maybe, maybe overkill. That, I don't know. We'll put that up in the LinkedIn group, maybe. Show, is five days too much? Not a little shot. I think that's good. Yeah. Hey, do you uh, listen to pop music? You've got a young daughter. She's in college, uh -huh. right? So when you guys are in the car together... Does she ask you at this point to change the music over to the pop? Well, she likes country and I like country, oh, so we have so something. So, but but yeah, I know what you mean. It's uh, my uh, pressure my to kids are the yeah, they're, they're uh, my my daughter just turned thirteen yesterday. I've got a teenager in the house, mm -hmm. first time wow. in the history of uh, the Neil household. There's a teenager in the house. Uh, except when I started dating my wife, she was 19. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> you were 32. <laughs> I was teasing, I was. Yeah, <laughs> totally fine. Totally fine. Especially where I come from. Uh, but my my uh, stepdad, uh, who's in his late 60s, was driving my kids home to meet me, and they were in the in our minivan, bringing them back from a little vacation at Grandma and Grandpa's house. And there's a song by a group called Fifth Harmony called "I'm Worth It." called Worth It, Baby, I'm Worth It. It's a very, very popular song right now. They were just on the NBC Today show last week, uh, Fifth Harmony. But my uh, stepdad was taking his own um, uh, turn at singing the song. And my kids didn't know, he didn't know this, but they were videotaped him singing oh, I'm Worth no. It, which is brilliant. So it's a couple, it's like 20, 30 seconds. It's pretty funny. We'll see if we can get the video oh, that's great. onto YouTube of, uh, of Grandpa Ralph singing Worth It by Fifth <laughs> Harmony. It's, you, you just, you can't miss those opportunities to watch uh, people in their late 60s sing pop music. It's That's funny. So. Good job. You never know. You got to be careful of your behavior because somebody has a camera in the backseat. Always. Hey, we had a nice uh, message from uh, Allison Napolitano, and she's with a company called 2u.com, and she has created a list of the top 10 podcasts to sharpen your sales skills. She's uh, 
listed, listed us on the MBA website at UNC, Univers- University of North Carolina. Yeah. And the top 10 podcasts to sharpen your sales skills. And we were, I don't, we were listed at number one. Yeah. Is that alphabetical I, or quality? Know, we're not sure. I, I'm because it starts with the T-T-H-E that I <laughs> can't think be, yeah. I can't be alphabetical. We had to be like the most important one. So that's a cool list to be on. Yeah, it U- is. UNC, that's a good MBA program. Good business school. Really yeah. good business school. So, yeah. and I think anyone, if you're an MBA student or you know MBA students and you're studying ops or logistics or whatever, you got to still be a salesperson. You got to have a sales mentality. You got to yeah. listen to the Advanced Selling Podcast. You and do. she works with other uh, MBA programs, Syracuse, American University. So uh, anyway, it. so she gave us a shout out. So we'll return the favor and... Uh, Anyway, if you're going to MBA school, check out UNC. Yeah, yeah. if you're not, uh, don't. No, um, let's see. We are uh, in the middle of a three-part series. Uh, if you've listened to the podcast long enough, you know how much emphasis Bill and I put on this thinking column, the thinking side of selling. Uh, we put a boatload of emphasis there. And as we were talking about this, like we're thinking, okay, can we go deep on a couple of topics? And so we decided to do a three-part series on what we call the holy trinity of the inner game or the thinking side of selling. And those three elements, we're going to do element two today. Last episode, we did a deep dive on the topic of abundance. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't listened to that, that's a great one to listen to on a loop. It's really, really good. And probably one of the, the if not the most important topic you can uh, ingest from the Advanced Selling Podcast. The second uh, element is called detachment. And we are going to go deep today on this subject of detachment. And the way we're doing this is we're going to tell you a little bit about our personal stories, a little bit about how we came to believe into this idea and how it rolled into sales, and then maybe give a couple examples of uh, what we've seen our clients do with the uh, with the idea. So, so your recommendation, Brian, is to have if people haven't heard last week's episode, go to that one first because it does kind of set the stage for this inner game theory and and how it all works. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to that, definitely go to that one. You can listen to this. It's not they don't build on each other necessarily, but definitely you want to listen to all three of the of the Trinity. Yeah. So you want to go first? You want me to go first on yeah, this? I'll, uh, I'll, detachment uh, I'll start us off a little bit because and we talked about our 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 upbringings and and how we got to this point. And so when I was preparing for the show. Um, I thought, okay, what, where did I first learn or become exposed to detachment? Now, quite frankly, the, the word itself and the philosophy of it, I learned from you, which was in the mid nineties. And it wasn't until I learned it from you that I reflected back and thought, okay, have I heard this or felt this before? And I went back to try to search for, for something. Um, my, my dad was a, a hippie and he was kind of a, an existential sort of thinker. And, and he introduced me to an author named Richard Bach. Mm-hmm. Richard Bach wrote the mm-hmm. book Jonathan Livingston Seagull. Actually, my younger brother is named Jonathan after oh, okay. that seagull. Yeah. How charming is that, yeah, right? Yeah, that's cool. So people say, where'd you get your... Wait, is Jonathan a family name? No, I'm named after a seagull. <laughs> it's great <laughs> for Jonathan. Um, but if you read Richard Bach, and he's kind of a thinking, philosophical type of writer, it's all about being free. It's really about moving away from the pack and away from the herd. And the actual book, Jonathan Livingston Seagull, is about this seagull that wants to just go fly. And the other seagulls, that they're in this like, you know, grouped together and they have bird mentality and they all herd and they eat together and that's how they survive. And he just wants to go fly and soar because they've got the ability to do that. And so that to me was the first for me, um, exposure. Mm -hmm. I think I had to detachment. It was really strong for my dad. And I, and I 
really carried it and internalized it, I think, without knowing it mm-hmm. um, back then, which I think was a really, really, really good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the origin is also how did we learn attachment? Because uh, we yeah. we all grew up with this idea that, the, the you know, if it's not mine, it's yours. And if I have a toy and you take it, then now I've lost something and you've gained something. And so yeah. I think we learned from an early age to hang on to what we have and to hang on to hope. And, and in sales and in business, uh, and we'll talk about this in the podcast, that that's not always a healthy and freeing attitude. And so right. we want to we start to talk about the spirit of detachment and what it is and how it can really help you, even when it comes to setting goals, to asking for raises. I mean, it could be a lot of different things in yeah. your life. But, but think about the, the – and I grew up in a, in a household that – we never talked about abundance. I mean, I never was privileged to read Jonathan Livingston Siegel. I've read it since then, <laughs> but I never got books like that. And so it was a lot of scarcity. It was a lot of money doesn't grow on trees. And, you know, you got to be, you know, you got to be careful. You got to protect, yeah. protect and defend, protect. which is kind of the opposite of of detachment. And so I think I've, uh, in my personality, as I have kind of a, always have a low grade anxiety and a low grade worry about, well, how are things going to turn out? Yeah. Um, and that is the, the precise opposite of a detachment. That is where I care so much about things working out perfectly that I think I need to control them. Yeah. So control kind of goes out the window when we start talking about detachment. And yet that's so foreign to us, isn't yeah. it? I mean, you know, people who, who want to control everything. And sometimes by controlling things, you don't get the most out of no. it. In fact, no. rarely do you. Yeah. Sometimes you have to just kind of let things go and let things flow. And that's so, uh, it's an antithesis of how we live because we are in a society where we think we can control things and and we can't. And by doing it, we actually get less. Yes. And if you really think about it, um, the ultimate form of control is letting go. Is letting go. That's the ultimate form. And it's counterintuitive to what people think. And so you've got to understand if you want to we, you know, we, we don't like to say control people, but if you want to control the sales process, the best control you can exhibit over deals is to let them be, yeah. to let them go and give them space to go at the pace that they want to go and, and operate that way. And you'll see if you, if you create the space, people will be drawn to you. People want to be in your sphere and around you if you give them space to do that. And if you try to control and grasp and hold on, that will repel people. Yeah. It will push people yeah. away for sure. Um, I've got a couple little um, people always ask us, what are the tricks? So how do you get detached? I get that asked a lot. Mm-hmm. So you get the theory to say, okay, what does that, what does that mean? Um, and then what are some tricks? There, there are a couple of things that I've learned also over time. One of them comes from my football officiating world. And I learned this actually from my football coaches into common phrase used in sports. And it's called play the next play, play the next play. So as life goes or as a game goes on rather, and you're going to screw plays up, things occur, you have this little phrase and mantra that you have to play the next play. That play is gone. It's in the books. It's done. You can't undo it. You can't rewind it. You can't replay it. It's over. So you have to move on and continue the game. And good performers, I find, are really good at that. They can plow through the mistake or plow through the success in the game and let it go and move on to the next mm-hmm. thing. I, I just heard a, uh, that's that's so true, and it reminds me of a story that I heard. Stan, you know who Stanley McChrystal is? No. He was the four-star general that uh, oversaw the Iraq theater of operations back in the 2003 to 2010 era. 
and he's the consummate military guy. He's 60 yeah. years old now. He went to West Point. He yeah. gets up every day at four, works out for three hours, and yeah. does like 500 push-ups. Then he goes to the gym. Eats things that would make a billy goat puke. I yeah. Love it. yeah. So, But he talked about this very issue is when when everything's hitting the fan and when things aren't going well, our, rea- our typical reaction is to, is to do something. Yeah. And he says the problem in the military is you never want to react emotionally. You always want to get the facts. Yeah. And he says the facts will tell you exactly what to do next. And I think that's the case here. I think sometimes when we're in a sales cycle or some kind of business situation and all of a sudden it triggers us to react in a certain way, we don't stop and say, okay, well, wait a minute. My, my nature is to, is to tell them that they've got to make a decision by Friday, but what are the facts? And yeah. when we start looking at the facts on the ground or, or the, 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 the truth, then as he says, the, the, the next step becomes obvious. Yeah. And I think that's what detachment allows you to do is take a breath, step away from the circumstances stance for a minute and look at, okay, what, what is my next action based on what's really happening? It's really good because attachment is almost always rooted in either futuristic thinking that hasn't occurred yet or past or thinking past, that's already yeah. gone, right? It's one yeah. of those two. That's what causes it that way. It's very, very interesting. Yeah. I think, I think it's almost like attachment is rooted in fear yeah. be, at, at its base yeah. level because it, 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 I'm, I'm attached to something because if it doesn't happen, bad things are going to happen. My manager is right. going to fire me or my manager is going to criticize me or boy, this thing should have closed and it didn't. And so fear, worry, uh, self-consciousness are all at the base of, deta- of attachment. So we want to we want to get out of that. So here you said you had one. There was that next next yeah, play. play the next play. Play the <clears> next play. Here's one that I have, and that is. I'm going to say faith in God here, but uh, yeah. well, we don't want to necessarily capital get, G, capital huh? G, right. but I think it's faith in something. That's good. It could That's be fair. faith in the market. It could be faith in, in, in a God of your choosing, but it's faith that things are going to work out and that this is not a bad, if the person says, you know, I was going to make the decision today, Bill, but I'm going to, I'm going to hold off for a month. Your yeah. first instinct is, oh my gosh. No, I know what's going to happen. Forecast. You're in my forecast. Yeah. But I think you have to have faith. And if you have faith in the, a person's ability, maybe it could be that 30 days from now, if you've done all the right things, that's yes. really the critical part. But if, maybe it's a better circumstance Amen. if we do it, because maybe he'll buy more. You got it. Maybe she'll make a better decision or whatever. Yes. But I think we have to have faith in some kind of a power outside of us that... that uh, karma or something that we say, you know what, it's not the way I would have wanted it, but maybe it's best. Amen. Yeah, Yeah. that's so true. How many, all of us have had a deal that we didn't get. And when we look back on it later, we're glad we didn't get it, right? Because it was too big at the time or the company went bankrupt or whatever. That always happens. So I'm I'm a fan of that. Yeah. The the right thing works out in the end, the way it's supposed to be. And, And then the question becomes is, is it possible that that person knows that? Is that person doing oh. us some kind of a favor by not buying from us because they yeah. kind of, I don't know. I mean, but as long as you're talking about karma, that's on the table yeah. as well. Is maybe they can feel that it's not a fit before because you're emotionally into it. Yep. They're maybe looking back intellectually and say, you know, I'm not going to buy from them because it's not a fit. And maybe that's a good thing. Now we need some incense and some lava because <clears throat> now lamps. it's getting heavy. It's yeah, getting it is. heavy. It Speaking is. of the seventies, I found I, I think I have found the ultimate attachment song. Oh, see if you know the artist. Do you know I can't live if living is without you? I can't live mm-hmm. if living is. Didn't without we have you. this conversation? Did we with this Three, same artist? Wasn't the same artist? I have no idea. Is it Eric Carmen? Is it Eric Carmen? Is that? Well, him? I think we had. Did we? Well, did maybe we it was one? a different song. Yeah. 
Maybe we should start an Eric that's... Carmen podcast. I don't know. If... Doug Drosnan, paging Doug Drosnan. <laughs> Fact checker Doug. I bet Eric Carmen has a podcast. Talk to us about, I can't live if living is without you. How's that for Oh, you know show? who it is? I know who it is. It's, it's not, not Eric Carmen. Terry Nielsen. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. You check that out? Doug will check it out. Fact checker Harry, Doug. Harry Nielsen. That. That's, well, that's too long. We can't wait for Doug. <laughs> I want to know now. <laughs> So that's a great song, but anyway, that, yeah, that's yeah. a detachment ultimate, a, attachment yeah. song, right? It's the ultimate, I, can't, I can't live. Might as well kill me. Yeah, yeah. So if you're gonna get, just keep playing that song over and over before your sales calls, <laughs> and let me know what happens. That's great. Um, here, here's a, a mantra that one of my clients gave me. I think it's great. Is when you're thinking about your sales opportunities and you, you want to be a way, a certain way, and show up this way. Here's what you know: some will, and some won't. And some might, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. when you think about your sales deal, that's all it is. And so, if you understand that and believe that, some will, some won't, and some might. Mm-hmm. That kind of covers everybody, in my opinion. And it's a great way yeah. to think. And I got a, a client that that thinks that and says that to themselves, and that allows them to operate with a high sense. Yeah, of attachment. that's good. That's good. So I have uh, a kind of a cousin to that is embrace what is. Just embrace, yeah. embrace what is, and learn to love it and accept it. And it, it is a freeing, it is a freeing, uh, virtue to be detached it is. because, uh, it allows you to do the next right thing. Again, as, as McChrystal said, when we're attached and emotional, we will do the next wrong thing. Oh yeah. And so that, Say that uh, one more time. When we're, we're attached and, and emotional, emotional about things, we will do the next wrong thing, which yeah. is maybe lash out, which yeah. is maybe call that prospect up and say, Hey, come on, man. You said you were going to buy today. You're not. Gonna... I mean, we all say, Oh, we would never do that. But sometimes the tone of our absolute talks is exactly that. Absolutely. It is. You got another one? No, I'm out. I'll here, comment on yours though. Go ahead. Okay. Here. Yeah. Come judge me. Will you? No, judge I don't judge, I know, but I, I will comment. Uh, get yourself, you know, we're sitting here in the uh, studios of Green Sky Media and they do a lot of video here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was thinking, we were talking about the iPhone. I was thinking that I was taking a picture this weekend and I took the shot. I won't tell you what the shot was because that's a whole nother story. Okay. But my, my hand somehow had made its way across the lens. Of and course. so I, I thought it was Your a great big picture. Hands. Big hands. I do. Little iPhones. And, and then, so, so the, the lesson there is get yourself out of the frame, Ooh. get yourself out of the picture because when the picture of you and the prospect primarily revolves around you yeah. and what you're going to get out of yeah. it, I think it allows it, it, takes away from the prospect's ability to make the right decision and to get their pain in. And so sometimes I think we spend too much time in the frame. Yeah. And what we're saying is detach yourself, get out of the frame, make this all about the prospect, nothing about you. Yeah. And you'd be surprised at what vibe that sends across. It's really good. And I would, I would encourage you in, in that moment to take inventory of all of the things that cause you to be in the frame also yeah. so that you can manage your way out of the frame. And so in your case, big hands is one of the big things, hands, right? Small big cameras. hands, small iPhones. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, in the uh, sales world, attachments come one from your boss. So you think yeah. your boss is, you need to uh, perform for them. Go get uh, this one, go Brian. Go get it. You man. can do it. Yeah, this right, is a that. layup. This should totally. be a layup. Yeah, you got yeah. this. Uh, there's that. And then there's the um, attachment of the ego of being accepted by customers. So that is, if you don't buy from me, you've rejected, you've rejected me as a me. human, which we know is not true, and yet it still gets in the way. So that's another uh, attachment uh, element there. 
Um, another attachment at, is an at-home thing. So you've got your wife or your spouse or your husband or family or kids that you're supposed to perform for, and they're going to you know, get new shoes or not get new mm-hmm. shoes based on your deal and that sort of stuff. So, And if that stuff starts going through your mind when you're on that call or yeah. walking in the door, yeah. <clears throat> walk it's, out. It's, yeah, walk out. walk out and start over I start. And, and go go sit in your car for a little bit and listen to Harry Nielsen. Something like Harry Nielsen. <laughs> Bring the box of tissues. What was the, uh, what was the other song that he sang that was like a cult uh, oh, sensation? Harry didn't, didn't Harry Nielsen, oh, I'm going to screw this Something up. about limes. Put the lime, lime in the, the coconut. coconut. It's one of the greatest songs ever. Put the lime the, in, in the coconut. Yeah. And then didn't he have another one called, the uh, that, that had a, dropped an F-bomb in it. Did he, um, didn't he, did he sing Garden Party? No, that was Rick Nelson. Oh, Rick Nelson. Rick Nelson. See but it had the same there. kind of voice. But Harry Nielsen sang a song. It was, uh, do you remember Harry it? Nielsen? Will, no. Yeah, we'll have to. That That's definitely a uh, trivia question. Yeah. Anyway. All right. That's so, good. Well, if you haven't downloaded a free copy of the Ultimate Pregame Audio Program, and I know a lot of you have, make sure you go do so right now. If you're a new listener, go to advancedsellingpodcast.com to find it. Also, check out the products page on our site while you're there. Uh, one shameless plug we'll give you is the uh, all-in product, which is three hours of Brian Neal pontificating. And, and Bill Caskey. And Bill Caskey, yeah. trying to pontificate, trying to keep up Back. with him. Uh, also, go to uh, iTunes, the App Store. We're starting to uh, run some promos and deals exclusively for our app user so make sure you give us a review take a couple minutes to do that and also join the conversation in our linkedin group at advancedsellingpodcast.com linkedin brian neal is a pleasure always always deal with you and to have you here in in my studio beautiful (laughs) see you next time see you didn't know i was a guest that's right bye (laughs)